Welcome to Brightline Living, the official podcast of Brightline Eating, where we focus on living a life free from food obsession and filled with peace and unstoppability. Each week, Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson, New York Times bestselling author and founder of Brightline Eating, will cover topics ranging from food addiction to fascinating science and how to live a bright life. Now here's Susan with the audio version of this week's blog. Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So I have to confess something. I am so addicted to quantities. Ah! I have said this before, I am a quantities girl. So the four bright lines are sugar, flour, meals, and quantities. And I'm grateful to say that I have tremendous freedom right now around sugar and flour. I just don't want it. I don't think about it. I've been exposed to a lot of it recently with kids and parties and, you know, and it's not a problem. But quantities, especially of the foods that I eat, bright line foods, um, and especially if I'm eating out, they are still so problematic for me. And I want to tell you what happened to me recently over the last two or three weeks, because it all came to a head a couple of weeks ago and I made some major shifts in my program. So whew, basically I've been bright or claiming to be bright for two years and eight months. That's the last time I binged. The last time I ate sugar and flour was, um, uh, I guess September 14th, 20, what would it be in 2019, um, was the last, what, the day before that was the last time I ate sugar and flour and binged. And I have been sugar-free, flour-free, weighing and measuring immaculately at home, um, and not eating anything outside of mealtimes immaculately, never popping a piece of you know, red pepper into my mouth off the cutting board, no bites, licks, tastes, all that's been great. But when I go out to eat, my quantities have not been great. And I don't know why I kind of didn't count that as a break in the bright lines, to be honest. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't being honest. And I see that now looking back, but there was just sort of a like fuzzy headed, like, oh, well, this is what I do. And you know, it doesn't escalate, so it's okay. But but there were times when I was eating clearly, obviously way more than my Brightline portion of food. And I can't even claim that I was doing a one plate rule because of, oftentimes it wouldn't be one plate. It would be multiple courses or, you know, I'll have a soup and then a salad and then an entree. And like, what am I counting that soup as? Especially like just really not not bright behavior, not honest behavior. So I was doing that. And then maybe a month ago, I had a bright meal. I had a meal <laughs> at a restaurant. <laughs> and afterwards, I was like, I don't know if that was bright. That just felt, but it was kind of what I always had been doing in restaurants. So I was like, well, but, but it was as if the veils were pulled away from my eyes just a little bit. And I saw like, wait a second, why am I calling that bright? But at the time, I had a lot of angst about it. I talked about it with some people in Brightline Eating. 
um, you know, got some some validation of like, yeah, I, that's a bright day, you know, whatever. Just uh, played it off. I don't know. Just and then I did it again a couple weeks later, and this time my psyche went nuts. Like it just. It was like my parts had an all out revolution. And I had this part like the the snarky know-it-all teenager in the back of the classroom part that had his arms folded. It was definitely a, a male part. Uh, he had his arms folded and he was looking at me and he was like, you're so full of it. Like you are such a hypocrite. You are so full of it. Like that's not a bright meal. Like <laughs> and and it was sort of that sense of like, Go watch the boot camp videos again. That's not how you teach people to eat in restaurants. I promise you it's not. And so my psyche was going crazy. And uh, I made some phone calls about it. I processed it and it it didn't stop. It was like the cognitive dissonance suddenly was very, very loud. And right then I had to fly to England for that conference on food addiction, the first international conference on food addiction, which was so cool. So I'm on a plane to London. And I'm not sure that I'm bright. Like I'm, I mean, I haven't eaten any sugar or flour, but I'm, I'm thinking about my behavior in restaurants. So I journal about it and I start to catalog what I've been doing in restaurants for a couple of years. And I started to write about some specific restaurant meals that still stood out to me as like, not very bright. And I really looked at it and then what happened was I was on this plane to London and I started to have an overpowering urge to eat sugar and flour. I have not had that. I have been free from that obsession for these two years and eight months. And I had an overpowering obsession and I started to journal about that. And it freaked me out because I don't want to go back there. And the part of me that wanted to pick up the sugar and flour was not a typical food indulger part that was just, you would think at that point, there would be a part saying, well, if you've broken your bright lines, just go ahead and eat sugar and flour. That was not what it was saying. The part was saying, you need to go back to day one. And if you don't, I'm going to go ahead and take a bite of that sugar and flour just to make sure you go back to day one. And then I had another part saying, we don't want to put sugar and flour in this system because we have been so free from those cravings and we do not want to wake up that monster. Like that physiological craving is not something we want to be grappling with. And, but the obsession was really, really strong. So I started to journal and I was writing and writing and writing. And finally I was like, well, what if I really do just go back to day one? And I did the math on like when that restaurant meal was. I was like, actually, this would be day three. I've been bright since then. And I said, well, what if I'm on day three? And for the moment, the obsession to eat sugar and flour subsided. Like the part of me that wanted to eat sugar and flour was mollified, was calmed down by the thought of me going back to day one. So, you know, I I was... I was leading a Gideon Games team. No one had broken in that team um, the whole time. It would. It was. We were on like week three or something like that. And I couldn't lead the team anymore if I go back to day one. So consequences like 
serious downstream consequences of going back to day one. Um, by the way, that is something that I'm going to talk to our uh, customer journey team about is is the the going, you know, if a team leader on the Gideon Games has a break, is it necessary that they stop leading their Gideon Games team? I don't know. I want to just talk to everybody about that. Like, is that serving people? Um, it feels maybe a little punitive uh, for Brightline Eating. Like, yeah, what's the point of that? Is that really necessary? And, you know, if you do the Gideon Games and you lead Gideon Games teams, I'd be curious to have you weigh in on that. So, um, yeah. We're going to take a look at that. But anyway, as the rules stand now, I'd have to step down from that Gideon Games team. So I was thinking about all this. And the obsession to eat sugar and flour did come back and uh, came and went, came and went over the next day or two. But I decided to go back to day one. And you know what I did? I picked up my book, Resume. Such a good book. I knew that I had a a little section in there uh, called, you know, a break or not a break, something like that to call, you know, if you're going to count days, then you've got to decide for each day, is this a bright day or not? And I read that section and it was so interesting because it basically says, if at all possible, don't count it a break. I mean, if you eat a cookie, it's a break. But generally speaking, it's most helpful to call it a red flag and move on. But it said, look at your program as a whole. Is it worth tearing it down and rebuilding from scratch? If so, then absolutely call it a break because a fresh start sometimes is what's needed. And what I realized is this restaurant issue that I've had, it goes way, way back. I think there's a a couple of vlogs back in like, I don't know, I'm not going to go check, but someone out there probably knows if you're watching, whatever, 2015, 2016, where I was like, I'm not being honest in restaurants and I'm going to do a 30-day challenge where I'm going to try to be really honest in restaurants. Honesty with quantities in restaurants has been an issue for me going all the way back as long as I can remember in my food recovery journey. And I know so many people, so many people in Brightline Eating who say things like, um, I eyeball my quantities in restaurants and if anything, I'm a little under because I just don't want to, I just don't want to mess with it, right? And I have that level of honesty in my own kitchen. You know, if I'm drizzling olive oil on my salad, I weigh my oil to half an ounce. If I drizzle it up to 0.6 ounces, I get a paper towel and I wipe up the rest of that oil till I get it back to 0.5 ounces. Always always. And somehow when I step into a restaurant, it's like some sort of free-for-all where I just don't have that same restraint or, and it, it, it's been something that in my deepest moments, I felt really desperate and powerless about. Like, why can't I, why can't I do that in restaurants? So what's interesting is I've gone back to day one and I've eaten out since then. Um, I've been traveling, actually. So I've, I've had a lot of experience and, uh, in restaurants. And my behavior has been really honest and not through virtue or effort, really. I mean, some effort, but it's that force field of like, whew, I just feel safe and protected. Like, again, behind some sort of... Um, 
yeah, I just don't want to mess with it. I just don't want to mess with it. And so for me right now, not in a sense of being punitive, but in a sense of being honest and I guess taking my recovery to the next level, this is where I'm at is I am, I am grateful, grateful, grateful to be getting clean and honest in restaurants. And, you know, there are four bright lines, sugar, flour, meals, and quantities. And that fourth bright line, it's the one that calms down the part of the brain that says, oh, goody, now I get to eat more because I'm in a restaurant. Or uh, have I had enough yet? Have I had enough yet? Maybe I didn't get enough. Maybe I should. I was eating off my family members' plates and just like behavior that I don't feel good about. You know, like I have, because I my food addiction is so advanced and I have such a long history of abusing myself with food, really hurting myself with food. I have a fair bit of embarrassment around when I don't eat with, um, you know, a certain amount of manners or decorum or just the way other people seem to eat, you know, um, like managing to not, uh, reach over and gobble food off of other people's plates. Oh, God bless me. So for now, the results seem to be a new behavior in restaurants. And I'm grateful for that. And I don't feel bad being at day one. It feels fine. It feels fine. It feels right. You know, it feels right. Ah. <sighs> So I just wanted to let you know that that happened, that I made that decision, that it's serving me right now. You know, do what gives you peace. Oh, by the way, I've dropped a few pounds. That's nice. I think absolutely my quantities in restaurants were keeping several pounds on me. Um, I wasn't worried about that or too fussed about it, but definitely my sweet spot is a little lower than I was. So um, that's nice. And I guess I just want to close by sharing some research from um, way back. This is research that we, data that we collected back in 2016, 2017, when we first looked at people who joined Bright Lifers after the boot camp. That's not the situation now. Now we have a continuous membership, which is awesome. It's the way it should be. But back in the day, we had a boot camp that was 500 bucks, and then your next step was to join Bright Lifers, which was 500 bucks two months later. And we kept track of people who did the boot camp and who did and didn't join Bright Lifers. And we compared them. And what was interesting was we asked people to report for each month. It was a monthly survey. On a scale from one to four, how rigorously had they followed the Bright Line for no sugar? On a scale from one to four, how rigorously had they followed the Bright Line for no flour? and a separate scale, one to four for meals, and a separate scale for quantities. So if someone had judged themselves to have been immaculately perfect in all four bright lines all month long, they would get 16 points, right? A four for each of the four bright lines, four times four, 16. And what was really interesting from these data um, were that, I've lost track of my grammar. What was interesting was that At the same level of brightness for the four bright lines, people who weren't in bright lifers anymore were weighing more, were like either regaining weight or not maintaining their weight loss as well, even though they were 
gauging themselves, ranking themselves, rating themselves as being, you know, let's say uh, 12 out of 16 for the four bright lines with the same configuration of sugar, flour, meals, and quantities. Let's say four for sugar, four for flour. They're not eating sugar and flour, but they're giving themselves, you know, a two for meals and a two for quantities. Okay. So at that same ranking, someone who was in bright lifers was maintaining their weight loss better than someone who was not in bright lifers, which speaks to this level of this issue of honesty, this issue of, am I being straight up with myself about what I'm doing, about how I'm actually living bright line eating, how I'm at, what I'm actually doing nuts and bolts with my food. You know, the reality is that we lie to ourselves all the time. It's a part of the brain called the left hemisphere interpreter, and it spins stories to justify our behavior. It lies to us all the time. Research shows that smarter kids lie more than less smart kids. It's like, it's, it's a thing. Lying is such a thing, right? If you, if you ask psychologists, do people lie? It's like, oh yeah, people lie all the time to themselves and others, right? And so for me, it's just so important as I face up to my addiction to quantities, to just quantities of food in restaurants. I mean, thank God for my digital food scale and my honesty around my use of my digital food scale at home. But facing up to that dishonesty, it's what I know for myself is because food is my keystone habit, the keystone habit, the one that, that needs to be in place for the rest of my life to be going well. Food is my keystone habit. So honesty with my food trickles out to honesty in every area of my life. Honesty with myself, first and foremost. So I am addicted to quantities. I am grateful to be honest about that today. Grateful to be back at day one. That's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Brightline Living. Please post a review and subscribe to our channel. Interested in learning more about Brightline Eating? Visit ble.life slash podcast to find out more. ble.life slash podcast. Have a bright day.